0: Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We're rolling our characters and praying we get natural 20s as opposed to natural 1s. So get out your Dungeon Master's Guide, your player's handbook, and monster manual because it's time for Dungeons & Dragons!
1: and shoot the snake man in the face
0: i have spells i'm going to fly you don't have enough points DJ, what am i doing here hey oh bad boys what's up it's normies like us we're back again with DD. as i told you before after catastrophic failure we're doing it again this is the second edition and i am the dungeon master mike
1: i'm gonna say sir colin
0: uh rogue joe
1: uh this is ranger jacob here
0: ranger jacobs morphin time it.
2: yeah he's getting yeah, his Eagle Scout yeah, exactly
0: so guys uh as we know the last time we did this it was a super fun conversation and i don't know what happened but i did actually roll that natural one do i dare roll another time now i believe it. <laughs> sometimes
3: it's just
1: ill-fated well, yeah you,
3: so right, what
0: would happen
1: it. if you got a natural 20 then
0: i think it means we're gonna go platinum here we go yeah, yeah
1: i think we sign with a network <laughs>
3: I got a three,
0: (laughs) so it means we'll be okay.
2: Oh, oh, no. (laughs) What's your bonus? (laughs) Well, my bonus is...
0: Plus four, so I think we're, uh, we're lucky go. seven okay. now. So are hey. using the wrong D20, I think. We could uh, be worse. You know, this is real quick on the top. I am so bad at rolling dice. Even when we play D&D, I am uh, constantly normies. missing. It's so bad. Normies, um, we're talking
3: Dungeons & Dragons. I'm the right. dungeon master of our ongoing role-playing tabletop game of Dungeons and & Dragons. And yes, Mike is absolutely right. He pointed out he gets some extra bonuses for our next round. But prior to that, he is a uh, rollerblower.
0: <laughs> yeah. lower. It's true. It's <laughs> hard, man. I cannot. I think I've hit once in combat in like five oh. sessions. It's bad. <laughs> um,. That being said, yes, we're here talking D&D, so I'd love to go around. Let's g- kick it off with Jacob here, and let's say, you know, what are our first experiences? And if it sounds like we've had this conversation before, listeners, it's because we have. But <laughs> we love D&D, and we are happy it's to okay. bring to I've here. already
1: forgot everything I, was gonna, I said last time. So. <laughs> and everything we said, I'm positive <laughs> of that. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I've never, uh, previously to, you know, playing with, with the group that call in DMs, I'd never really got into D D that much i never played it before but i was always interested in trying to get into it i never really sought out like you know a group or anything when i was in high school but i did look into it a little bit and i was like oh that would be fun if i knew you know anything about it uh, but that's about as far as it went for
0: me gotcha all right and joe how about you first experience
2: uh exactly the same as Jacob basically we were i guess it was like 5 years ago maybe 6 years ago at this point uh Colin's birthday was coming up and he said hey you know i would really love to play a game of D&D with you guys and i was like well we're fucking doing it then that's what you want for your birthday that's what we're doing uh and that was the birth of the league man couldn't have gone better uh and we've been playing as often as possible ever since which is maybe a total of 10 sessions <laughs>
0: That's pretty yeah. good, though. Played I mean, that's
1: infrequently, but yeah,
0: ten sessions to to maintain a campaign that long, and that's actually the game that I ended up joining with you guys. Me and a friend of the show Xkites characters joined that campaign, and it's still ongoing. That's right. Uh, so that kind of makes me want to ask Colin. You know, you've been DMing this session, but mm. when did you first get started? Uh, that's a
3: you know that's a pretty long history. It's uh, starting out playing with neighbor kids i grew up with the kids down the blocks parents having that classic red box so we would literally Mm. play it and just pick like the most generic things like we didn't have character names it was literally like well my brother's the magic guy i'll play the thief i'll do this and you know going to like the bus stop and being like oh magic missiles, so cool i'm gonna think about this i'm gonna think about my roles i wonder like what's gonna happen next in the story and just kind of having that group uh experience of like we're telling a story but it wasn't until high school where I started playing with a bunch of Mormons, <laughs> and that's not like a All rag right. on the religion or anything, but uh, I, I did theater in high school. I don't know what kind of kid you guys qualified as, but half the kids were Mormon, and some of them played D&D. So one of my friends, my best friend Aaron, was like, hey, I know this sounds weird, but like, I want to go to Rampke's basement, and we're like going to play Dungeons & Dragons. I was like, dude, I love that game. Let's go. Awesome. and uh it was awesome to see these people like make a community of like we kind of have to justify why we play this it's not against our faith but it is like questioning our faith but we're cool we like fantasy and we only drink diet mountain dew because we can't have caffeine <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh wow. yeah that's great man yeah, yeah any way you get into it um yeah it's awesome yeah i started you, out I was oh, going to yeah, say, yeah. Um, Go about the it.
1: Mormons, I'm surprised that they are allowed to play that because of all the magic
0: Oh, stuff. it was,
1: let me tell you, but the
3: justifications of like, yeah, but you know, it's almost like a pilgrimage, like what we do in the real life an <laughs> Adventure, and it's like, hey, sure, buddy, like, sure. your mom brings yeah, down super say. dope snacks, <laughs> exactly, and like, we're all just having fun, man. And I'd play at hey, 4 in the
1: morning. Yeah, I don't know.
2: You're
0: bringing people together, the nerd stuff, seriously. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't that expect great. it. great, yeah,
1: I do like that.
2: Well, yeah, when you have multiple the, moms, it's easier to get better snacks. Yes, too, so. exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Yes, exactly, Joe. It was which mom was coming down the stairs.
2: <laughs>
0: yep, yep, yep.
1: Get those Mormon snacks.
0: Well, now. D&D is all about, uh, you know, learning to appreciate other peoples and cultures in a way you didn't expect that you might. On a, some level, it can be, anyway.
1: What a weird party we were, Mike.
0: Indeed. That's just like us. Um, so I got started with a second edition AD&D. Um, It's pretty far back, but I had older cousins who were playing. I got it, I remember, for Easter. Like, I remember where they hid the basket under the rocking chair. My parents did. See in the second edition starter set, you know, and playing that first adventure. I remember distinctly kobolds and gnolls and failing a throw with my dice roll to disarm a trap. You know, so I've been failing dice rolls uh, ever since the very beginning. So at least (laughs) that maintains... And that's the very same D twenty that screwed uh, screwed me over <laughs> on the recording. So I think I need to burn that
3: yeah. thing. Okay, Mike. So yeah, what is that thing made out of? It's like uh, the bones of like yeah, your grandmother or something. What curse <laughs> is that I, carrying?
0: The foreman fell into the plastic melting vat. Oh. <laughs> He's <part of> <laughs> With thing. my last breath, I EM. curse who owns this dice. <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. So it's a whole batch. There's probably yeah. a generation of people like me. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, I've been playing the campaign with you guys. It's been a ton of fun. And honestly, since the last time we recorded to now, oh, I decided to try my hand at DMing. Um Whoa! Jacob's actually part of this. That's and right. I
1: didn't know if I should admit this, this. News but uh, I've been, been kind of cheating on you, Colin. Hit us, cheating hit us, you. guys. I, dude, I want to yeah. hear this.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just been itching for it. But like, um, I just always been into it and like i've been doing so much research lately not just for the show just because that's my interest like i've been learning about medieval castles just got through game of thrones dark souls like i've just been in this medieval mode and i'm like i should just try to run a game even just for funsies so uh we're going to start it up in about a week uh it's going to be four players uh but we'll see how it goes i've yeah, never but hold it on, Colin, hold on. I'm what gonna are be we talking for about
3: because i know you guys got like a little work entanglement is it are we talking lunches and dragons is this a 30 minutes I wish. every day no, oh, cool. okay
1: no, it's just, you know, it's friend of the show X Kaida again, right? Yeah.
0: yeah, so we got, like, a, a little hangout on Wednesdays. We'll see what happens. Do a couple sessions. I've never done it, so I might need some of your advice, Colin. Am I upset?
3: Am I upset? Are you? Out of our group, out of our other players Cole, uh, uh, guest readers of this podcast On the NFL episode Go back and check it out Uh, Andy, guest on this podcast Readers, go back and check it out The wrestling episode All in our group as well Uh, They've all gone on and played D&D with other people I love that you guys who have never played it before Are going out and doing your own thing That's fucking incredible
1: That's right and yeah. actually, you know, last night I thought it went pretty well. We created our characters. It was like session zero, I think it's called, right? Yep. And uh, I really like it because my character in this uh, session is very different than my character in Colin's DMing session. So I'm you playing You play for, like, a roid-up
3: raging barbarian in our session. So what is the counter <laughs> yeah. opposite of that? It's that's like
1: right. a fey little magician. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm playing a, uh, elven ranger who I love lives it. in the woods and he loves nature. He's really into trees, maybe two into trees. We don't know, but he's called <laughs> Xanax the tree lover. Xanax. So you tell me. You're me.
0: you sleeping on him,
1: but he's, he's, he's a, he's an archer. He's a ranger. He, he's really good at, uh, sniping people and he lives in the trees. He loves nature. Yeah, dude. You take two of them on a plane. I get it, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It knocks yeah. Knocks out everything around him so i'm pretty
1: psyched to play a new character for sure
0: yeah so colin i'm gonna need some dm tips maybe at the end of the show we can have some chat about that kind of stuff for a uh, later segment but what i do want to jump into um is kind of the history of the game itself and the legacy of D. &D. so i say we go ahead let's roll right into it let's go ahead and talk DD, the game itself
1: old man what are you
2: doing in this temple of evil?
3: I am the last priest-king
1: of Detetuan Temple. What do you seek? We have come to rescue Lord Easterling. You must pass three
3: trials. First, the trial by combat. Watch the doors!
0: We're back, and as we're saying, we're talking the kind of the history of D&D and where it came from. because from something, we're talking niche to normie, it has been getting a lot more popular lately, certainly with the latest edition and YouTube shows like Matt Mercer's Critical Role, more celebrities coming out as nerds, things like that, but it you know, had kind of obscure origins, and we're going to kind of walk you through that right now.
3: Yeah, we are literally in the dungeon walking up on the dragons as we speak, guys, uh, as we talk about the rules and origins of Dungeons & Dragons. Created by a guy named Gary Gygax, a very popular dude, has existed in pop culture for a long time, made appearances on Futurama, uh, and his partner Dave Arneson. But the thing about Gary Gygax is he was a gamer for so long, he invented the game convention, Gen Con, uh, which we pointed out last time when we were recording this, was... uh, (laughs) currently going on it no longer is but my brother just got back from it where he had a very good time and picked up some cool role-playing stuff
0: yeah very very cool yeah it was going on as we were recording and then again i mentioned that gen con since it's in geneva wisconsin originally is the geneva convention which is for yeah, a bunch of like war that. game we're nerds we're... doing world war ii <laughs> and napoleonic <laughs> simulations it's so fitting
1: that's very cool yeah Yeah, and
0: it is cool.
3: Uh, I've never been. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I would love to go. Basically, Gary made it as a means to like, hey, I'm a weird kid growing up who just like loves puzzles and interesting like ideas and fantasy and science fiction. Like where's like a place where we could come together? And this is all pre, uh, you know, listen to our other episodes on Comic-Con and that sort of stuff. But uh, he came together previous to that building an empire on a role-playing game called War Game, which was literally just what you think. I mean, think of a normal role-playing, like, miniature board that would look like a battlefield, quote-unquote, but also kind of like chess, where people are making moves with little figures of tanks against each other and going, like, with a ruler, Nah, uh uh remember that tank can only move one centimeter, and once you get within two centimeters, I'm going to blow you up.
0: Yeah, tons of fun. And this kind of, yeah, exactly. And this stuff is, like, derivative from H.G. Wells creating little wars in the early 1900s. So these are, this, is like, hardcore nerd stuff. And then that actually became, like, Risk as well. So, like, this oh, yeah. kind of hardcore nerd and stuff did make its out, way out. as you pointed out, like,
3: last time, Mike, uh, think of Game of Thrones or think of any fantasy world or where they show military tactics of, like,
0: Patton. we're going to
3: push the troops here, exactly. Or, you know, even playing yeah. Risk or Stratego. Risk. Like, yeah. that's literally what it is.
0: Yep. Right. Like some of these guys would play, uh, you know, like chess by post. So these are like the nerd of nerds, and they love these war simulation games. Yeah. But then they got the idea. Well, what about like medieval? Why do we have to do modern? Right. Yeah.
3: Gary's like obsessed with the idea of just making games, but Dave Arneson's like, man, I'm obsessed with fantasy and you know, like cool stories back in the day, mainly Tolkien, Lord of the Rings stuff, because that's really all they kind of had to draw on at the Gygax
0: time. Gygax really wasn't much of a Tolkien fan. He said so. No.
3: Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, a lot of Dave he saw it Arnison, very limiting. So. He's like, no, I want to create like a much bigger world. Meanwhile, he thought other people thought his fantasy world should follow the constraints already established by Tolkien. And it's like, no, there's enough fantasy for all of us.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of becomes the chainmail game. Yeah. Correct.
3: Yeah, which is like a again. Bullshit tabletop. So imagine, you know, that cool mossy war board we talked about for war games. Throw that away. It's now like a silly jamboree, like a little jousting arena. And you're like, okay, I move my horse one centimeter. Oh, but my knight parries. And it's like, oh, very cool, very interesting. But <laughs> it gives you the figures and it gives you like a game manual, like a rule set. That's the main thing. So Dave Arneson says, like, okay. You've got chainmail. Let's come up with a game that, like, you could play with other people where you're telling the story, but there are rules. And, they, and and Gary's like, "Oh my god, that's a great idea." They put it out, and literally the first edition of Dungeons and Dragons has like a note that says, "Like, please buy chainmail. It's important to use the figures from chainmail." <laughs>
0: yeah a big part of these wargaming community was like homebrewing and like writing notes back and forth about. hey i tested out this session and my players like this and that so the idea of like all right we have these rules for a game but in order to play it you need to buy another game it's like yeah. just so weird truly but this is where you're DLC. going <laughs> yeah i mean so that's kind going, of how
2: like PUBG happened right yeah i mean like, yes wasn't
3: joe that that's a, a perfect mod?
2: example
0: yeah like the mod becomes the whole game exactly that's that's a great point joe um So this is where we're going from controlling armies and whole battalions to a single soldier at this point.
3: Yeah, hold on. You're just going to play these people. In first edition, it's like, I've got a ton of ideas for races. You know, you can be a gnome, a little person, uh, which is different because that was like the dwarf of the day. They uh, had a hobbit. Can, yeah, exactly. You can be all these other sort of things. But you can only be three classes in normies. If you don't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons, classes are the roles you inhabit within your party. So when you set out on an adventure... You're obviously going to want somebody who can beat somebody up, do other things. So the three original ones were fighting man, cleric, magic user. (laughs) Fighting man, fighting man. Painfully
0: generic, but Uh. no, no, no. We love fighting man. I love magic That's my favorite character. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdly, cleric is still around, isn't that? Like you still have clerics. Yeah, I love that they one and
3: done just figured that out. It's like, look, the cleric's the cleric, baby.
0: But it definitely does come from those war game archetypes of, like, you would have the medic, you would have the heavy gunner, and then you would have, like, the, you know, archer in a medieval center a support class.
3: exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sniper, it's all the same. Yep, yep. And we still use those today, even down into, like, Dark Souls or Final Fantasy. You have a mage, you have a fighter, and uh, you have, like, a healer. Like, Final Fantasy Mm. 1 had that stuff. So, even in the beginning.
1: I was going to say, yeah, like, pretty much if you've ever played an RPG video game, like, it's all derived from the way you know, classes and and characters were set up in D and D. Like if you look at a game like Pillars of Eternity, if you've ever played that game, when you create your character, it's like almost identical to how you create characters in D and D. The classes are like identical, like you roll for your stats in the same way. And it's uh it's really cool.
0: That's true. Maybe it's a good time, Colin, to bring up the ability scores and that kind of whole thing.
3: Yeah, ability scores are literally like what you're rolling for. So when you have that zero session that Jacob brought up, which is a very cool like hey, I want to play Dungeons & Dragons, let's put the feelers out. It's kind of the first time you get together where you do the group storytelling together, where it's literally like, okay, I'm going to point to you, what's your name? Uh, Who, me? Well, I'm Steve the Brave, okay? Well, you've got Steve the Brave, that's a great core concept, let's roll that out. You get your D20 and you start rolling for things like strength, charisma, intelligence... And through the luck of that, it might turn out that Steve the Brave isn't that fucking strong and doesn't have that much charisma. You know, you can kind of create right. a character around that. Right.
0: And in the original game, everything was run off of D6s. Now we have like D20s, D4s, yes, D10s. Totally, yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's point, all the dice mind. that they had around. So you would roll your D6s. But nowadays, you're able to kind of roll four, remove the lowest one, and then that's your score. Yeah. But Ooh, back oh. then, you just took it in order. Yeah, so I mean, if you you're wanted just to play a fighter, of it.
3: oh, totally. I mean, I I remember back in the day, my brother raiding the Yahtzee uh, kit because he was like, "Let's play Dungeons and Dragons and rolling out like a great wizard with a bunch of sixes, dude."
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> but if you wanted to be a fighter and you roll your strength first and you get like a two, guess what? You're not playing a fighter nope. because it didn't have the flexibility to let you choose where they went. So it'd be, you just kind of played yeah. what you got.
1: Yeah, I'm Which- glad that that we're not locked into it like that anymore because I, I like. Sort of creating the character based on the numbers you get and, and being able to assign the certain numbers to certain skills.
0: To create the archetype the, you're after.
2: The creativity and the improv of D&D is what makes it so special. Being able to like switch things up per the dungeon master. That's what's yeah. so cool about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So For that's sure. the first edition. This is what was the fabled red box, right? Uh, oh, totally. Correct me if I'm wrong. And when yeah. you're
3: talking like niches, we're playing it at that point. So that's first edition, that's 1974. Boom, guys, 1977 comes around. Gary and Dave figure it out. This is Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. And what would go on to be called 2.5, a little homage, second edition to this episode, since it's our Mm -hmm. second shot here. But this was the one that was like, boom, this is what Dungeons & Dragons is about. This is where they introduced literally the three books that tell it all. Your Dungeon Master's Guide, your Player Handbook, and your Monster Guide, or your Monster Manual. Um, and, and just that idea that like, this is what the good guys do. This is what the bad guys do. This is what God thinks. (laughs) I mean, you know, the (laughs) rules of the world. Uh, it's, it's, it's such a perfect look. Like we keep saying, this is where all the core beliefs of role playing comes from, but literally it comes from those three books.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you go into like final fantasy, they have a monster compendium, like probably in the design process. Yeah. A BCR, exactly. They they give you the B It's like and they'll game designers will even admit, like D and D and a lot of these games, they just were like, I want to make a version of that on a computer. Once computers came out, the coders are like, Well, how can I do a text based dungeon crawler like D D? Like and then adventure. that evolved into graph adventure? Yeah. Exactly. So the the ripple effect of D even since nineteen seventy four is just it's around you everywhere. Oh for sure. And the three books are what they still use now on the current edition. So this is where we got a first taste
3: classes and stuff too. It's like, eh, we probably need more people than fighting, man.
0: Now you get the thief and you get, you know, the The
1: ranger, the rogue,
0: the rogues were a little later. The thief was kind of doing that role. It's me. Yeah. We're starting to get paladins. I believe.
1: So I think when I think of game, when I think of dungeons and dragons, I think of rangers, I think of barbarians, fighter monks, Mm-hmm. fighters wizard <laughs> yeah yeah i think but, of like a knight like a traditional sword and armor kind of guy right
0: which that kind of leads into the paladin but yeah we're starting to get that that definitive D. the three books the classes that are more than fighting man magic user and cleric and it's really starts to expand and this is where i jumped in in the 90s they kind of repackaged them as anD D second edition they kind of updated the books in the the mid 90s and that's when i when i showed up
3: oh yeah for sure this is where i'm walking around to at the bus stop guys and then after this you get third edition that's in the 2000s i described this to you guys in the last episode as new 52 of dungeons and dragons the dc's new 52 where literally they were like let's make everything extreme and honor armored and stuff uh third edition was literally their attempt to be like people like dungeons and dragons let's embrace the pedantry of that let's make it Uh, Very skill based, Um, you know, opposed to just rolling everything out, let's assign everything a skill point as well beyond ability points. So if somebody wants to be like, excuse me, Dungeon Master, uh, what's my character's swim ability? We'll have that number. What's their tiptoe ability? We'll have that number. It's like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, what's yeah. Uh, my jump off the wall ability? Like, there's a role for everything. It's it's like we got a bunch of nerds playing this game and they love it. Let's make it even nerdier. I should say <laughs> this like,
3: was me with the Mormons and they loved it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's See, people to this ahead. day who swear by three point five. Yeah. Like, there's, there's people still running three point five games now. You know, well, you don't it, think
3: about the practicality of it. Of literally back in those days, your character sheets were fourteen pages long because of that. Now
1: we're down to three,
3: much more manageable.
0: Yeah, it's a yeah. Little I was bit gonna better. say
1: personally what i like about dungeons dragons is the sort of creative storytelling and in creating a character and in sort of embodying that character and going on adventures i'm not so much into the numbers and the the pedantic kind of oh you make sure you gotta do this check and this check like i like i the way i play i like to prefer that the dungeon master kind of handles the the statistics of it all and i can just focus on the creative aspect. theater
0: of the mind style exactly
1: yeah
2: this was definitely did i land it you tell me
0: yeah exactly (laughs) It could definitely kind of slow down play, perhaps, if there's too many checks and too much yes. math's happening. So. Yeah,
2: and I, I just love hate
1: math that. also. So,
3: um, I totally agree with you, Jacob. Let me give you the counter-polar opposite of that. I was on the Dungeons & Dragons subreddit today. A very popular post that a dungeon master had posted was... In my group, we don't use the word hit points because that really pulls you out of the reality of the world. I prefer to create the idea of the theater of the mind where all of us are embracing the staggering hits and things like that. It's like if you guys say hit points, if you guys do a little metagaming,
1: I don't fucking care about
3: that. Like play away. It's a game. For me,
1: I just – yeah, I could see how that would be enticing though to play that way because I – I kind of like the idea of just like embodying the character and like coming up with, and like going on adventures. Like that's, what's fun about it to me and not so much the numbers and stuff. Although I understand why that's important to keep the world together and the that rules there has to be
3: one active element to five people sitting in yeah. a room, just talking to each other of rolling the dice. Right. Yeah. Cause
1: otherwise you're just kind of, yeah. cre- you're, you're doing like, well, I do, I, do I do this. Yeah. Well, I do that. Well, I do this. Well, I do that.
0: Well, no, because I'm stronger than you are. My dad can yeah, beat up your dad. <laughs> My you gotta guy be
1: established rules. Yeah.
3: You're literally five-year-olds, five-year-olds playing my guy again. Well, my guy does this. My guy has armor.
0: <laughs> right. It's the only right. thing separating us is that we know math and have dice now. Uh, and yeah. this had the grid yeah. combat, too. Like, nowadays, 5e, the grid's kind of thrown out the window. Yes. So it was a lot more, Yeah. let's say, zoomed in on it. Yeah, but, we still uh, play
3: with the grid, I should say, but you're totally right. This was truly the embrace of your movement speed is dictated by 10 uh, integers, or, you know, multiples of 10, where mm-hmm. that counts as a one square, and it's like, yeah, okay, you know, I get it again, but like, if I'm doing something, I feel like I should be able to do it, so yeah. Yeah, you just, know, just know, again, the, the way, game.
1: Yeah. yeah, the way we play with Colin, Col- when you DM, we, we have, like, free, like, in battle, we use the, the grid, but then in outside of battle we have more free movement you can kind of like move across the room and not have it take up your whole turn because that wouldn't be that fun right
3: yeah Yeah. because i'm a child of the final fantasy generation that's literally like stuck in
2: there yeah
0: joe go ahead what do you got and
2: and even though we do use the grid in battle i wouldn't say we're like beholden to it like there have been times where it's like oh i run across the room and smack that guy and you're not like no you can't run across the room and smack that guy i think if it makes sense for the story colin always lets us do it yeah
1: Yeah, and if you get too pedantic about it, yeah, it's not going to be fun for anyone, exactly.
0: Well, speaking of fun, there was this other fun game coming out around that same time called Magic the Gathering, and everyone was absolutely loving it.
1: That's right.
3: And that inspires Mike fourth edition, because literally they start going, people are eating up these card games. (laughs) They're buying these booster packs. People are playing Pokemon. They're doing all this bullshit. Uh, We own that stuff. We're Wizards of the Coast baby let's tie it in <laughs> let's put it in dungeons and dragons let's start doing card-based combat stuff where your character has like well okay um the dm awarded me uh special points uh action points beyond like character mm-hmm. points where like i earn this because of good behavior in the game that means i could qualify for using two ability cards or once per turn and again it's super fun. We started out playing 4E uh because again, my brother kind of got me just like a great deal through his connections of getting those monster manuals and those books and those cards. But uh I just wouldn't recommend that for everybody because that's just not utilitarian. Like everybody can't play that. What happened to the theater of the mind?
0: And it did kind of like it ditched the grid obviously and gave you a little bit more but it didn't it lost kind of that core heart of like D&D like even like the exploration stuff felt like not quite it was, just, it was almost like D&D for dummies. You yeah. know, like they wanted to get the mainstream audience so badly that then it really didn't Everybody go over well with the hardcore 3.5-ers.
3: Oh, you can't yeah. piss those nerds off.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they lost... Yeah, they, The people who love 3.5 hated 4E. Yeah. So then there's a big disconnect. It's like, well, it seems to be working for people who've never played D&D, but now we've lost our base. Yeah. And that brings us to kind of where we're at now. And this is my personal favorite edition that I've had experience with.
3: Thumbs up all edition. around. I've heard tons of positivity from us after we switched to it. 5e, guys, it's the it's the addition for the people. It's literally, we heard you. We want the old school. We want the new school. This is the coolest game ever invented. We're Dungeons & Dragons. We're the original game. Let's embrace that.
0: Yep, they got a lot more rules light. Uh, a lot of things lean towards, you know what, you just kind of figure out what it means in your session. We're not, we're not beholding you to the math. If you want to make it you know a little easier one way or the other go for it it's your game with your players and just have fun and that's their whole thing is just have fun with it
3: yeah and it doesn't hurt that they came up with D&D Beyond which is an entire digital database that backs up and supports everything with toolboxes and character sheets and literally like if you guys want to get into Dungeons and Dragons pay the subscription service it's a very small fee to Wizards of the Coast where literally you can have Dungeons and Dragons in your pocket playing with your buddies
0: They'll keep track of your characters, yeah. everything. And even yeah, back in really the day, cool. they, they were kind of forward-facing with technology because when I had mine in the 90s, it came with an audio CD that you could play along the adventure. I remember seeing the Dragon wow. Strike VHS tape that came along with the Dragon Strike Introductory Adventure. So they were always kind of into the new media to push it. And just now it's all digital, which makes it easier to play with people online too. So now's a good time to get into D&D because the rules are very accessible and there's a lot more people playing. So
3: Yeah, and it's everywhere. And you know, now that we're into it a bit, that was all the rules, that was all the fun stuff. I just want to ask you guys, like when we started playing our sessions, so just to give a history of it, we went to a show, uh, a uh, Harmontown taping, which is a popular podcast that ends with the Dungeons & Dragons segment. Jacob, it was at your recommendation. After we That's went right. to it, where you said they play Dungeons & Dragons in it, uh, you guys were like, wow, that looks easy. And I was like, yeah, you know, it is that easy. And like Joe said, my birthday was coming up and I threw out, would you like to do it? And we jumped in and we jumped in in 4E uh, and you guys created these characters that we've now been playing for five years. And like Joe also said, probably just 11 sessions, uh, including our last one, which was a Thanksgiving one-off to date at Normie's. We played <laughs> it right. like very close to Thanksgiving. Right. Uh, so, but just like, I- I'm just curious what, why did you guys embrace the creativity you did uh, to lay it out, Jacob the barbarian, uh Joe the rogue, Mike the the paladin,
0: mm-hmm. uh the
3: races that you chose, those specific classes.
1: You, you know why? That's that's my big question to you. Jacob, start, please. Well, yeah. um I think you know when when we first started, we kind of I kind of talked to you and we kind of um you know kind of develop i developed my character with you know input from you and then you kind of helped me do that so because i had never played before i didn't understand you know what you know all the different classes and all that were but uh i just tried to make an interesting character that was like different for me that i could give it like a different personality because i wouldn't like i know some people maybe they just want to play like i'm jacob the warrior my name's jacob and i'm myself but Mm -hmm. i i kind of like to Create a whole different character that's a whole different personality, different strengths and weaknesses, and then try to play as that character. And so that's what I kind of try to do. And my guy's kind of like a comedy relief character, I guess you could say. He has his <laughs> moments of, of uh, <laughs> levity, uh, but uh, and now I'm trying to do a different character in, in yeah. Mike's sessions, and uh, that's gonna You're fun going to be you going from but- like a
3: human barbarian king. Who's just roid rage, yeah. you know, high class, <laughs> but speaks very little. And like you said, really does like Falls and stuff To Truly and the are whole, you doing an elf ranger?
1: Yeah. So the wow. whole thing I tried to do with, uh, with my barbarian was that his weakness was that he's so, he's so strong. And so he thinks he's the best, but really, um, a lot of times he'll just fall on his face because he, he, well, he's, he's noble. So he looks down on other people. He's just very full of himself and that can kind of get him in trouble sometimes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, as for my other character, my new character, he's an elf ranger, so he's totally different. And and um, well, with, with Thorgoth as well, I was doing a voice too, so I'm going to try to do a different voice and, oh and just, just really get into the character. I'm so <laughs> jealous I'm not there now.
2: I just want to hear a tease of that voice, please.
1: Hello! Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to go with yet. And then we have Ex kaida in the same session, and he's got a whole character that's it's pretty interesting that, that we'll have to tell you about off-pod, because it's it's pretty It's, it's pretty, pretty deep. It's wow. it's a wild character. Going
0: off from cool, like though. a
1: dark elf uh, rogue in our group. Wow.
3: He
0: plays yeah, a musical a saw.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's a bard who plays the saw.
0: So. And his name is Jig. That's all we'll say. <laughs> joe can oh, we get your me. uh your path that was behind uh, creating your character
2: oh yeah sure uh so comus is a a rogue uh rogue is obviously like one of my favorite archetypes you listen to the podcast you know kind of the stuff i'm into right he's the uh, han solo
3: it, of our group
2: let's just say it yeah i mean it's the the Indiana archetype Jones. i most like exactly uh he rocks the shield a lot. You got a little bit of cap in there. And Colin, your character is kind of like my character's sidekick. I love the idea of having like a duo in there. Um, yeah, literally so, yeah. a
3: halfling short round to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Bucky. like for me, it was it, it, a little bit of Bucky too. Yeah, he's got a metal arm. I mean, it was a chance to just take a lot of the things I love and put them together into a, a character that, you know, I'm I'm making up as I go. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I and mean, you guys
0: did a little bit of homebrew for that character as well, right? Yeah. Oh weapon. yeah.
3: He's got a super cool, like uh, a one of a kind metal touch ability. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> I think that's all Joe's idea.
1: What's really cool is that if you have a, a crazy idea like that, you can kind of fit it into the regulations of D and D and make it work. Right. And I like, I like that about it. Yeah. Well, and that and
0: like, kind of inspired me um, quickly. It's so with x Kaida wanted to be this guy who uses a musical saw, but then that's also his melee weapon. <laughs> So we just kind of reskinned the short sword that he got in his kit and said, "Well, it's a it's a handsaw." And then that's what it is. That's dope. Nice. Yeah. But you got something you're going to say, Joe?
2: Oh yeah, I mean like for me like the fantasy element is always kind of the the toughest pill to swallow. Like, I like a lot more, like, sci-fi-based or modern-time stuff, so the the fantasy world was kind of a new step for me. Uh, the original idea, like, the the power Comus has was just th- sitting around thinking, like, oh, if you were a mutant, what would you want your ability to be? So I was, like, just taking that and, and applying it to uh, a character, which was a lot of fun to, like – Actually, see that play out, and we've come up with some like really unique
0: ways to use it, which is always fun. Oh yeah, my favorite thing you've ever done with it was tie a rope because you can turn anything into metal. You tied a rope around somebody's neck and then turned it into metal to suffocate them.
3: Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. I did that once. Yeah, Joe's crazy about it. Yeah, I was going to say
1: too. Speaking about fantasy, like I do, I I agree with Joe a little bit in that I like fantasy, but I'm not so much into the very generic like. There's elves and there's dwarves, like everything that kind of came from Tolkien. Like, you know, it can get tropey, right? Like, yeah. you know, you got the elves always look the same and the dwarves always look the same. Oh, the elves look the same.
3: Joe is a self-proclaimed hates dragons. We play a game called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thank my that. stars for like every day.
1: <laughs> but that's why I kind of like when you kind of do more you make it your own. Like you make the story your own and you can have different kinds of villains that maybe aren't specifically in the monster book, but they're like a different reskin or a different version of something. And you can kind of, and like call them what you do when you like name characters and stuff. Like, it, I think it's, it's pretty cool. It's like, you know, just creatively taking the rule set, but then also making it our own.
0: Well, maybe we could do a campaign one day. That's Marvel ultimate Alliance.
2: Based. <laughs> <laughs> that, there's yeah.
0: the one of the episode. Yep. Yeah. I uh, told, I
3: guess, uh, before you just jump into Fagnar real quick, which we will talk about in just a second, <laughs> yeah. like, I have to tell this story just because uh, Jacob brought up the names of the characters. I did tell mm-hmm. it last time we tried to record this, but the uh, I I try to name the bad guys a lot of times after Simpsons characters. So there's Armin Tamazarian, there's Kang and Kodos. It wasn't until I watched the G.I. Joe 1984 animated movie that I realized that the the Creo knockoff Lego kits that we played D&D with, the main bad guy for our series, Kodos is uh is Nemesis Enforcer like the main oh, bad yeah. guy of GI Joe. I was like, "Oh wow, that's I guess that's who that character is." That's why he got yeah, such very a striking
0: weird. silhouette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh my character was just uh I was a paladin. He's a tiefling, which is like a, a devil man, like they're part demonic, you know. So I just thought it would be cool to play infernal, right? So I thought it would be cool to play like a holy just warrior who everyone looks at as a devil because kind of D and D went through satanic panic, you know? So it's kind of like, but Very actually it's not the yeah. case at all. So to kind of have play that idea of like flipping your expectations or the NPCs expectations of, Oh, you expected this devil guy to be like super evil, but actually he just wants to help everybody. So I just like that. Um, the duality or you know the juxtaposition of those two things and you know i like to feel like i do the right thing so like being the paladin who stands up for the week like it always feels good to me to kind of take on that role but now i'm a dungeon master in the other sessions and i got to try to take the players out so that's going to be meta. its own thing yeah it is interesting that you
3: play uh, a race mike none of us play different races in my past mm. playing other characters i played a dwarf one time really did not like it Uh, Like you guys were saying about buying into the fantasy world. I don't like to think that it's me when I'm playing,
1: but I do like to try to relate that it's like a human being and not like a pile of goo or like a lizard. (laughs) (laughs) I like playing other races. Like, I'm excited to play an elf. And um, even like Thorgoth, which is my barbarian character, like he's a human, but he also... Half dragon. Yeah, he he follows like this dragon religion and he's he's, like this big hulking guy. So he just feels like he's better than everybody else. Right. Um, But uh, I was going to say uh mike when you first joined i think it was funny because your character was all about like justice and stuff and then you come into this group and we have a couple of wild cards in our group and uh, we just kind of go around kind of you know someone might you know kill the shopkeeper just randomly and someone might uh, kill a spider and drink its blood and then become the king of spiders (laughs) or
0: something yeah we're just going to steal this and i'm like what none of none of this you is came justice into this,
1: yeah you came into this group of just wild cards and, and rascals that are doing all kinds of stuff and right, your character Norm tried to
0: talk shit and, and then i rolled a natural 20 to intimidate you and then ever since then it's been bad <laughs> right, rolls bad rolls bad <laughs> that rolls. that was our me cute
3: Yep. Normies in the meta, that is what people call uh murder hobos. Dungeon masters refer to parties as look, that's you right. sleep in the woods, you come to weird towns, <laughs> if you just start killing people, you're murder hobos. Try to engage yep. a little more than
0: that. <laughs> Try to and be an adventurer, that, yeah.
1: That's our friend Cole. Cole is the yeah. ultimate uh, murder hobo, I think, in our sessions. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely, because I'm, his his uh, like questions are like what does this
0: person's blood taste like?
3: And I'll have to be like, What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Which
0: yeah, as I've been Researching how to be a DM, it's like basically don't prepare too many answers because your players are going to come up with some shit that yeah, you got to just not improv- <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> You're yeah. like, wait, yeah. you don't want to know where that door goes, but you want to know if you can kiss that guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and,
1: and I will I say, say like. I will say Colin when we're DM, like when we're playing like I think you do a really good job like someone will just ask you some random thing and you'll just roll with it and you'll have like it seems like you just always have an answer prepared or, or you for you any situation to. I mean that's I can't the, tell that's the difference yeah. truly yeah.
3: the best part of it like I wouldn't trade that for anything that's maybe the best feeling in my life guys is when like yeah. I look at you guys and you're like but I want this to happen because I'm so happy <laughs> and interested and engaged it's like I could die right now yeah <laughs>
1: that's great yeah and that's the well, mark of a true good good DM, right?
0: No. That's right. Well, if and
2: rolling on fun. that, uh, like rolling on that, I mean, one of my favorite things in d d is when you come up with something or you have a great response or create a great moment and then the DM just rewards you with experience points for like having a good idea or, or, or really getting into it. Right. I live for those moments on the other side of it, Colin. Well,
3: like Mike brought up earlier, Joe, you drowning that guy using your power to like chain him up and just like dropping him in the ocean on this pirate boat you guys had hijacked. It's like, that's an adventure. <laughs> how can yeah. you not reward? And what
2: that? a
0: creative use of power! And um, I'm always
2: giving out fake names like that. <laughs> that's my go-to yeah. move for yeah. some Which reason. Is smart.
0: Like I love that. Yeah. Like we don't know these people, or if we could trust them, I might as well use a pseudonym. I think that's awesome. Um, how about I think before we get out of the, the whole game section, yep. let's go ahead and do like if we could each give one tip for players of D and D, and then maybe some DM tip or stuff like totally. that. So let's go ahead and start with Jacob, go to Joe, then we'll come back around to you and me, Colin.
1: I think I have a good tip for players. So um, I'd say don't focus too much on trying to, like, you know, min-max your stats because if you look at it like a video game where you're trying to be the most powerful that you can, it's not going to be as fun as if you just create a character and you pick, like, things that you think would work well for the Like, the other day when we were were creating our characters, Mike, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I was trying to decide which like which proficiencies do i want and i was like nature animal handling and perception and there's like four that i wanted and perception was one of them and i was like well i definitely want to have like i was trying to decide if i either wanted nature or animal handling or both and not perception but then i was like well perception might be more advantageous as a, like a, a character like as a as a like a Min-Max. video game character because it has more useful things that i can do with it but nature and animal handling together like would fit the character better and i feel like that would like it would just it makes more sense for him to have those proficiencies rather than just perception so i went with those and i think that makes it a, a better character and like your character is not going to be all powerful so like you might as well just like get into the kind of character that it is right
0: make them fun to play yeah i like
1: yeah. that so i think that's don't try to min max just uh, go along with the ride and just enjoy it
0: yeah, you don't win D&D, you just play it and have fun.
1: That's right. I mean, you can die maybe, but you know, if you die, you just you roll a new character or something. Yeah,
3: literally the people you play with are going to come to another town, go to a bar, and there will be a shadowy guy in the corner <laughs> who you start playing <laughs> right. as. And yeah. this yeah. takes a whole new character. Yeah. But I love that, Jacob. That's such a great tip.
0: Yeah, make choices for your character, not as if you're gaming it. Joe, tip. Uh, don't be afraid to ask questions. Your DM will
2: support you Perfect. and always kind of surprise you, right? You don't know what you're going to be able to do until you start trying things out. So don't be afraid to ask, uh, oh, can I do this? What happens if I do this? Because, you know, you might find something you didn't even know you could do ends up being one of your favorite things to do in the game.
0: Especially for first time players, I think it's important to not ask, can I do something? But just say, I attempt to do this and let the dice and the DM just, you know, figure that out for you because you're just there to engage in the story. Yeah. I guess that would kind of lead into my tip too, is it's just, yeah, just go in to have fun. If you don't want to do a crazy voice, you don't have to just kind of just be open to the process. If you want to sit back and see how other players do it, just don't be intimidated by jumping in. If you've never played before and just kind of come in with an idea. If you do, if you want to be strider, from Lord of the Rings, you could just make that character. If you have like a jumping off point, you know, just go for it.
1: Yeah, if you want to be Legolas, you can be Legolas. Yeah,
0: if there's something you can relate to to build your first character, that's totally fine too. Just go ahead and jump on in. Colin, any player tips?
3: Yeah, I was about to say, never be nervous that it's like, oh, I'm the thousandth uh, elf ranger. Yeah, Who fucking cares. You're whoever you play as as that character's name. Just fucking do it. But uh, as far as like a dungeon master tip. Um, I see a lot of people online be like, I-, I get very nervous about NPCs. Like, how do I fill out a world? How do I have these, like, responses and questions ready? You guys have seen me. Sometimes I'll have, like, flashcards to the side. Sometimes, like you said, I'll just do improv. Uh, those flashcards are literally, like... If I get the kernel of an idea for, like, a cool side story where I'm like, oh, my God, like, what if Jacob walked up and, like, wanted to help somebody, you know, find something they lost? And, and that'll just snowball from there. Um, mm. uh, and literally just the fun of the d d world is sitting down and being like, I daydream about everything, about being a pirate, about going to the moon, about doing this, about fighting snake men, about, uh, you know, getting trapped in quicksand, all that bullshit uh i've maybe made you guys do all of that in dungeons and dragons so Mm -hmm. use it as a funnel for your dreams and passions and ideas
1: and i was gonna say colin another thing that really enhances our sessions is that um well first of all you've got the whole lego set or maybe i shouldn't say lego Creo, how dare you you're sued right now it is Creo, (laughs) yeah officially licensed Um, baby Officially licensed but uh you have the whole you have like a ton of like different characters and you can and we all got to you know create our own characters choose our heads and our bodies and, and our weapons and everything and that really enhances it and then just having like when we when you play music and things like that and having the different um you know trees and stuff that you you make and stuff and all the the animals and stuff like the monsters like i think that really just enhances
0: the whole thing that brings yeah. me to a yeah joe oh, go ahead joe
2: I would just say add everything you can that you like and mix it in. Because like Jacob said, that stuff adds so much. I know all of us have changed the costumes or added props. I mean, it's just another way to get into the character you're playing.
0: Yeah. And, And another player tip for me, piggybacking off of those two points is if your DM is out there and you're having fun and he's putting in work in between weeks to make the sessions happen and thinking of the stories and the characters so that you guys can enjoy it. Treat them right, say thank you, show up on time, like respect people's time, and just treat your DM right. If he's treating you right as a player and you're having a blast, reciprocate, bring snacks, do whatever you can. Just, you know, don't take it for granted because it does for take sure. a lot of work as I'm learning. And, uh, you know, thank you, Colin, for putting on such fun sessions for us.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. I just wanted to say one last thing. Uh, it is that little bit of a rule of improv where you hear yes and I have played in some groups where people give you that stone cold no, and I'm talking about players who, you know, you cannot control what the other players in your group do. So if they do attempt to engage with you in your turn, you can't just be like, no, that doesn't happen. No, my guy doesn't do that. Yeah, you, know, you are, you're wrapped up into this and never feel like, I hear this a lot too from players where it's like, well, I didn't really do anything that turn. I kind of wasted that turn. Well, you know, it's not always combat. It's not always, uh, you know, winning the day, saving the princess, finding the moral in that moment. I've seen Joe do some great turns where, like, oh, we're in a tavern? Cool. Okay, I spend my turn. I sit down. I want to see if anybody wants to play cards. And it's like, fuck, we're in that adventure. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, all right. that yeah, the, the stakes to that are completely different than cutting somebody's throat.
1: Right. Some of the best interactions are just, like, meeting someone and just, like, striking up a conversation and then... You know, Colin's doing his his different voices for NPCs, and that's always... <laughs> a lot popular. of them are women, <laughs> and a lot of them are very offensive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Again, it's like game. you never know what's going to happen
0: until yeah. you, you try it, you know? So you just exactly. got to try it. The card game could turn into owing somebody very powerful money that you don't have, and now you're on a completely different adventure.
1: I blew it. That's right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so get out there, have fun, guys, and just yeah, enjoy it, and don't be afraid to ask questions. There's resources, so... Uh, I think it's time to talk, Um, obviously video games are heavily inspired by D&D, but there's also been a lot of uh, visual media created about or pertaining to D&D, so let's go ahead and jump into the movies of the world of Gary Gygax.
2: Who was that? That
1: was Venger, the force of evil. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons.
0: We're back, and as I said earlier, we are now rolling into the next segment here, talking about the movies or television shows related to the D&D properties. Now, there have been some films, some television series. There's two potential upcoming films in the works. Who knows where that's going? But I'd like to start... Uh, back where it all began as far as that stuff and that's the 1983 to 85 series Dungeons and Dragons
3: that's right baby Uh, we all kind of have different age siblings but if you had older ones because this was a little bit out of our generation Dungeons and Dragons the cartoon was 1983 1985 it's one of those glorious Hanna-Barbera Saturday you know madnesses Uh, Mm -hmm. was this
1: something you guys watched I ate this up as a kid Uh, I mean that was before my time 83 to 85 but you it have reruns, reruns. baby <laughs> <laughs> uh i never i never heard of it actually
0: i don't think it got reruns per se but no, I, you know my older cousins had had seen it or recorded some vhs's so i caught it in the background same time we were watching the the dragon strike vhs so i was always around my older cousins that's how i got into a lot of the things that i did i was playing magic the gathering before pokemon cards even came out so Uh that's how I was uh introduced to it, but I never really finished it but I watched some more of it uh before the show and it's uh it's actually pretty nice. For what you know what it is, that throwback kinda G.I. Joe Transformers era show. Yeah, Joe, did you see this at all?
2: No. Um does does the Disney show Gummy Bears count? I mean that was kinda like D D. They got a party, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Care Bears uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, G.I. Joe and Transformer, those were staples. Um, I have an older brother, too. D&D was not his jam, so no. My first exposure was the uh, the, the car commercial I'm sure we're going to talk about now.
0: Oh, yeah. But yes.
2: Let's do the car
0: commercial. <laughs> well, I guess the a- premise of the cartoon, yeah. Just a
3: quick history of the cartoon, uh, just because it leads into the car commercial so perfectly, was it was a bunch of kids at a carnival uh it's jumanji who literally gets sucked into the game uh they go inside the Dungeons and dragons world they're led around by a tiny little elf man in robes the dungeon master who's trying to save them from the dragon tiamat so they can get back to their world bobby you're the barbarian oh stevie you're the knight you know it it was just basically jumanji yeah exactly
0: them assuming the
3: roles dealing with puberty basically being like oh my body feels weird and i'm the the magician um Again, there was an
0: acrobat
3: yeah again the best thing she was really cool again it was the best show ever made uh but it never got a resolution we got three seasons where the kids were still trapped in jumanji until this car <laughs> commercial jumanji.
0: yeah so this brazilian car commercial came out this year 2019 it is basically if you remove the car portion of it like epic like an epic conclusion to the animated series that we never got it's got tiamat it's got Venjon, the evil wizard on his winged black horse all the characters look just like they do in the cartoon it's incredible even the little dungeon master and uni the unicorn are all there and it's like i just want that movie
3: It gives you resolution and minus the car, you know, with these competing movies we're going to talk about in a moment. You just have to hope that they would adapt this cartoon because it's so perfectly done by a Brazilian company that was like, hey, we're just fans of it. Even though you have to realize at the end, it's like, oh, they are driving cars around for some reason and trying to sell me a car. (laughs) It's a magical car.
0: Well, you know, with the wish spell, you can do a lot in D&D. Who knows if that's what uh, they ended up running. But it's like this live action. The effects are super great. I'm going to put it into the link here and a link to the sample of the cartoon so you can compare the two at home listeners. But I want this Jumanji version of the D&D movie more than probably any of the ones that we will end up getting. Right. I know that what I don't want is the World of Warcraft movie version of D&D.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I could totally Mike, see you that. hit it
2: right on the head. That's what I'm afraid we're going to end up getting is just kind of a generic feeling fantasy movie when they could do something a lot more fun. With
1: Absolutely, factions.
2: because I,
0: yeah.
1: I think that's what will happen because that's the safest route. And they can be like, well, we'll just make this generic fantasy movie. But yeah, the Jumanji kind of inciting incident would be really cool.
0: Because that leads you into how you play D&D in real life yeah. where you are in, pretending to be a character that you're not, but now these kids have to become someone they're not. Like it's, right. At the right beginning
1: in. of the movie, could be literally a group of kids playing D and then somehow they get sucked into the world that oh like playing. there's a
0: cursed d20 right like the guy fell into yeah. the plastic vat and <laughs> it's your d20 that's to us, act
3: that's, us
2: next the last that's us
0: and i'm telling you yeah.
3: every role you do with it it like 20 possibilities of a disaster
0: it's like the uh, the community effect with abed yeah, like every exactly. universe yeah um so that's the cartoon uh A little bit before this actually was an early Tom Hanks outing. We kind of talked on the Arnold Schwarzenegger episode about how actors in their early days don't get to pick the best roles. That's right. Uh, I
1: have heard of this before.
3: I did hear of this,
0: yeah. It is bizarre. Colin, do you want to bring everybody up to speed on this? Yeah, we're talking
3: Mazes and Monsters 1982. It was an anti Dungeons and Dragons uh, TV special. Uh, They made a lot of these. I don't know if you guys remember the Jodie Foster She's on Angel Dust movie or uh, Ben Affleck raging out on roids where he was in his room and he's like, and starts, like, smashing things. Uh, Like you said, Mike, this was Tom Hanks just fishing for roles. Uh, He literally does a scene where he's like, I've cast the fly spell on me, and then jumps off a roof. Uh, And and it was made because kids were in basements listening to heavy metal playing dungeons and dragons they would see this booklet with literally a goblin on it holding like a gold chalice and moms would get nervous uh which is insane because inside that was descriptions of how much math you were gonna have to do that day (laughs) right it was it would be like if your mom found your
0: homework
3: like who gives a shit
0: Some of the spells, you know, they have like verbal, somatic, and material components. So it would say next to the spell, oh, you need one dried rat tail and a butterfly wing. And it's like, oh, fuck, they're doing real magic. Like, (laughs) (laughs) parents overreacting, basically. He's going for for my butterfly wings.
1: You (laughs) know, when Harry Potter (laughs) came out, you got the same kind of like satanic panic kind of thing, right? So this is,
0: yeah, uh, in reaction to that was this Tom Hanks Mazes and Monsters uh, kind of thing.
1: Absolute garbage. Look, but magic isn't real. Garbage. We can all agree. Magic isn't real. We don't have to worry about the demonic powers of black magic, right? No, no we cannot agree But if you do play this
3: that. podcast backwards, <laughs> something that's oh, <yeah>, <laughs> a, a secret message. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually had to sacrifice the first recording to Beelzebub in order <laughs> oh, no. to... no. Uh,
3: you said his name again, Mike.
0: Uh, oh, shoot. Um, so that's kind of the uh, Satanic Panic version. But we did get a Dungeons & Dragons movie in the year 2000. It's yeah. brilliantly <laughs> yeah. weird.
3: The gift of the millennium here, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have uh, Joe, our favorite. Jimmy Olsen from Lois and Clark Superman. Uh, also, the star of Peggy Sue. Or what was it? Peggy Sue got married? Susie Q. Susie Q. I always call it Susie Peggy Q. Sue. Susie Q. Yeah. Uh, also, led by Deborah Joe Rupp, who was the Pink, uh, ranger? Uh, jo Rupp, was the
0: Pink uh, ranger. Amy Joe Johnson. Amy Joe Johnson. Something oh, like that. Yeah. Uh, the Pink Ranger? ranger? Come away. on, ma'am. But the villain.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Yeah.
0: So we got some star power there.
3: Yes. I love Jeremy Irons. <laughs> He'll do anything. <laughs> Dungeons and he Dragons was in, the air in name only. Literally, it's like, let's go on a quest to go in a dungeon to get an item that controls dragons. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wow, some studio exec noted this to death.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, these two words are in the title of the game. Yeah. So let's have a dungeon and a dragon. There you and go. That's, that's all you need.
1: That's what we're all afraid the uh, remake is going to be, or the eventual. Well, I'm
0: I'm
3: terrified for what Metal Gear Solid's going to be. <laughs> that's just going to be some close up of a gear
1: spinning.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I like I the director that. that's
1: attached to that. So I, I say I have faith in that. Yeah,
0: me too. Which we'll probably do in Metal Gear episode in the future, oh, hell yeah, folks. Normies. And uh, even Metal Gear hey, is Metal Gear D and D. You're dungeon crawling. That's for sure. He's basically the ultimate rogue.
3: Uh, I was just watching The Matrix before we recorded this episode, and I was reading a whole thing about how uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 was based on that, and I would say The Matrix is based on Dungeons & Dragons, so I'm going to call it.
0: (laughs) Everything's D&D. Don't worry, guys. Everything, yeah. Um, So beyond that, there's the two movies, potentially two in development. One is from... Paramount, or the other universe, what, what's the... Um, so here, here's
3: the lowdown on these suckers. Warner Brothers, back in 2016, right. grabbed the star of Baby Driver, Ansel Elgort, and said, let's develop something where you're the star. Again, if you're just, like, attaching a normal person, I mean, he's like... I mean, he's like a teen star. I mean, I'm sure he's a little older than that. He's not going to be playing a knight or something like that. It seems like it might get that fish-out-of-water story. There's been no development there. I wouldn't hold your breath but it shows what a popular property it is because at the same time paramount is super active in getting a story off the ground stealing a lot of warner brothers talent they got chris mckay the lego batman director uh to work on it until he dropped out now they have the spider-man homecoming screenwriters uh the directors of vacation the directors of game night jonathan goldstein and john francis daly Uh, and they slated it for 2021 i mean it's on the board guys uh let's not hit or shit it let's predict or quit. <laughs> like you know, these yeah. like <laughs> these like slated future movies people put on uh will it happen. I'm into it. Really?
0: Wow or ow, yeah.
1: Wow or ow. I say ow. I,
3: I say, <laughs> this the never
0: World I think it'll uh,
1: yeah, I think it'll get stuck in development hell. Um well, there's one thing I did want to say though, they're like a fun tie in. One of those writers, John Francis Daly. You might know he used to be an actor in Freaks and Geeks. And what did they do in Freaks and Geeks? They had an episode where they played Dungeons and Dragons and his character played Dungeons and Dragons.
3: Yes, and got James Franco really into it.
0: I don't want a a dwarf. Yeah, James Franco was also opposed to being a dwarf. Um, We'll see how that goes. Uh, The other side of D&D and visual media is kind of just it's showing up everywhere especially stranger things i think has had a big effect on on the resurgence of D, or at least people coming out as resurgence. nerds
3: mike they still put out the red box aka the starter kit even though it's under fifth edition now they release a stranger things red box so where yep. you can literally oh, play cool. a campaign around the
1: demogorgon
2: yeah you have stranger well, things
1: you, I, oh yeah go
2: ahead i'll tell you i just think that this is the epitome of the podcast right uh at the top we always say it's podcast reminds you it's hip to be square D D is is so much that these days like stranger things has it back in the zeitgeist you have action stars like vin diesel and joe manganello being like oh yeah i always play D." so oh, i think it's yeah. really hip to be square just like normie say i was
1: Absolutely. gonna say yeah you got stranger things recently and a couple years ago you had community did a couple good really good episodes um and then before that freaks and geeks obviously and i think yeah it's just it's always been there in pop culture
0: and sometimes it's treated with a little bit less respect, such as the old Riverdale <laughs> season three. Oh, uh, yeah.
3: So I don't know if you guys watched this at all. Uh, this was this was early 2019, might have been the end of 2018. Uh, it is up on Netflix now. It's the latest season. Had an entire plot line that was a lot closer to the mazes and monsters. I've gone over to Joe's and literally just played this on Netflix, breaking it down for him, going scene by scene, being like, look at what they're doing to what I love. Uh, they play a game called Griffins and Gargoyles that is being influenced by a real-life killer known as the Gargoyle King, who is the main bad guy in the game, who is poisoning kids in like a role-playing, level-up, chalice challenge. Uh, it's just truly garbage.
0: Yeah, but to kind of wash that flavor out of our mouths here, um, I'm going to cast Presidigitation and make something taste better. Ooh. So... Um, the other side of this I want to talk about is kind of really the online community and the content that people have been making such as Critical Role um, and pl- channels like that. Matt Mercer getting celebrities on playing d d like Terry Crews.
3: poker,
1: totally.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: uh, we, we mentioned earlier Town, um, which is a podcast, they did uh, D&D for a long time at the end of every episode. They had a little mini session and then spun off from that, they had Harmon Quest, which... Uh, Colin and Joe, you guys went to the uh, taping of that, and that's kind of where Pilot they do it live. Day. They did a live uh, uh, D&D session, and then they would have animated bits, so someone would animate the action of what they're describing, and that's cut in between. So it's pretty cool. You yeah, guys with actual dice roll results. I thought that was a really cool element to incorporate. Yeah, yeah that was on fun. CISO. I don't know how you can find it now. I don't know if CISO is still a thing. But. Verve. 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 Check it out. It's
0: a... Yeah. So, you know, Dan Harmon's creator of uh, community and Rick and Morty. I mean, so he's always been into it. Um, But I just think that's something really cool that if you are into D&D just as a hobby, there's people doing long play podcasts where they're just playing the game. Some are more comedic, some are more serious. There's People making videos about guides of how to play, how to make a character, how to be a DM, and how to play online. There's a bunch of great channels out there, so go ahead and do your research. I just wanted to shout out uh, some of the people I've been into for resources and long plays are the Dungeon Dudes, Talking20, Being a Great Game Master, and Dawn Forge Cast, just to name a few, but there's a ton out there, uh, and WebDM. They're super great, and it's just sometimes fun to watch them go through a campaign. It's like listening to a good audiobook, is the way I could describe it. Nice. Uh
3: if I could rate the Reddit real quick. The D and D Reddit is very elitist, it sucks. Uh it's a lot of people <laughs> being like, My way is the best way to play it. D and D Behind the Screen is a subreddit where it's literally just people sharing homebrews of like I came up with this idea for a magic legendary item that's based on Mary Poppin's umbrella. Tons of fun.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: Yeah, there's so much homebrew out there too. If you wanted to do Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you could. You wanted to do a Star Wars Jedi Knight campaign, just replace the sword with a lightsaber. Now uh, we're going. The, as a kid,
3: the, I played what we called because we didn't really have Shadowrun at the time, even though it existed. We just didn't have our hands on it. Uh, Machine Guns and Maniacs was the updated <laughs> version. I played. It's a uh, Yeah, I played Dragon Ball homebrews of this. I mean, it's out That's there. Thick. Like you can do whatever you want, guys
0: yeah and there's probably guides for it online um give me that's,
1: a, oh sorry i was gonna say give me a game of thrones homebrew uh based in the Asaga i guarantee the one shot guys <laughs>
0: oh that would be amazing i guarantee there's a million homebrews for it i want a dark souls one as well but that's another story for another time now i believe it's time to turn the page look at the comics and novels that have been inspired by or directly adapted from the D world here we go coming up next Feeling
1: brave tonight? How brave? Brave enough to do battle with hideous monsters, hmm? Brave enough to sneak around dank castles in the dark and chance being the next victim of a dragon strike.
0: Hey, we're back, and we're talking the books more than kind of just the Monster Manual, the Player's Handbook, and the Dungeon Master's Guide, though maybe we'll kind of talk about those a little bit more here. More the novelizations based in the world of D&D, the Forgotten Realms and the Sword Coast, things like that, Uh, as well as some comics inspired by the whole D&D lore.
3: You're totally right, Mike. Those are the books of Dungeons & Dragons, the books (laughs) that literally come with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and Voldo's Guide to Monsters.
3: Yeah, and, you know, for all our suggestions earlier... If you don't feel creatively secure of like, eh, I have ideas, but I'm not really sure what stories I want to tell, there is a whole narrative to the D&D world. There are books that are supplemental material that's literally just storylines you go through that are like uh, River Run, uh, Deep Veil, Dark Water, like all these really famous... Uh, incidences and modules mm-hmm. you can run, Yeah, feel free. Like That's a cool story. I've, I've done maybe two of those in my life. Uh, so not necessarily... Yeah, I, I just like the more creative stuff.
0: That's an interesting thing to bring up, actually, is the books that are the modules that take you through an adventure within the world, because I haven't really done those either. But yeah, the D&D universe, it's got like the material world and then like the celestial plane and then the underdark and like, there's all these universes tied into it. So it's pretty expansive. I never really paid much attention to it, but there's material for each of those realms. So it's a lot there when it comes to those modules and stuff that have been published. So take a look if you're into that.
3: Yeah. But if you want to get outside that stuff, we're talking about again, like the book side of the world where like dungeons and dragons is getting expired inspired by literature. Uh, a lot of it now is r.a salvatore's books or terry brooks's books but r.a salvatore specifically his dritz du Arden series through forgotten realms uh i mean that's a character that literally has been incorporated into wizards of the coast mythology where you can do some of those modules we talked about and written out in it it says you bump into dritz du Arden, the infamous dark elf and it's like oh okay He's got uh, his two
0: daggers and his pet yeah, dogs.
3: Yeah, yeah, and he rides around in his Black Panther. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's bullshit. When we made the jokes earlier that these modern movie adaptations of Dungeons and Dragons probably will be exact noted out to just like feature throw ins of that world, I could definitely see an avenue where you're like, whoa, that's Dritz Duarden in the fighting pit. He's so famous. And then they just kind of keep going. Because he, he really is that ubiquitous to the world.
0: Yeah, I don't know many of the proper nouns uh, in the D&D world. <laughs> My campaign goal forever,
2: though, is to find that guy and punch him right in the jaw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a still frame. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And then I want Wizards of the Coast to write, Comus defeated Dritz Duardan. <laughs> <laughs> Start putting that in your mythology, people. There and we go. And
0: that's the end of the campaign. Good job, heroes. You've done it. <laughs>
3: But Wizards of the Coast is also super good about doing their own stories, comics, um, with fan interaction. Like, literally, they have a channel on their website. If you go to Media Resources Comics on their webpage, uh, dnd.wizards, you can literally go to parts of it where it's like, this is the community. This is the homebrew of homebrews. This is where we want people to send us maps, send us stories, poems, character art, literature they've written. Our own independent little web comics that we publish about the fun day-to-day of living in our Dungeons & Dragons world. Uh, so if you're looking like for that slice of life stuff, they have it there.
0: I mean, D&D has always been so homebrew, even with how it got created was a homebrew. So I think also the fact that a large part of the community is like always making their own stories up and telling their own tales and creating their own scenarios... I mean, it really lends itself to playing the game is the story and anything on the side, if you want it, it's there. But, you know, the core stuff is everyone's so imaginative in the community. So to be able to submit that stuff to them and get it out there, I think is a big part of what makes the world grow as a whole. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's very impressive. Uh, But outside of that, if we're talking real comics, they have licensed out the Dungeons & Dragons brand. Uh, we should say Hasbro, the toy company, and Wizards of the Coast have a joint deal together with how they create their media. Where Wizards of the Coast still owns 51% of Dungeons and Dragons, so they are the people pulling the strings, or pulling the goblin, or pulling the uh, pulling the necromancer, whatever you would want to say.
0: They, they uh, got they string around the bag of holding.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, they're holding the bag of holding. Uh, but they have licensed it out to IDW, who's like a famous um, comic book company that did a lot of adaptations, like the old Transformer comic books, Masters of the Universe. So this is their slice. Uh, but it's all literally what I've been saying before. It's Drizzt du Arden. It's uh, Legends of His Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Um, it's, if you're looking for that stuff... Again, if if you're into Dungeons & Dragons, I guess I don't know why you would want to be looking at these hardcore scripted materials where you're like, fuck, that's my favorite character to follow in a world where you follow nothing. (laughs) Uh, Right. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. But if you want some of that stuff, they have books called Dungeons & Dragons Classics. That outline literally page by page, but put in, you know, uh, characters you might relate to, the old adventures and original models. It's like they just play second edition out, the entire story of it. A- again, Normie's, even the niches, I don't know that I would recommend any of that bullshit.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, when we're talking niche and Normie, uh, those kind of things, that's way down. Because even though, like, I'm super into DD, like, I have not touched any of that kind of stuff so
3: and will not
0: yeah i mean that's kind of where i'm at on the book side unless we want to talk a little bit more on how cool the the monster manual is because that's like the best (laughs) book to flip through but yeah when i was a kid
3: like you're not maybe you're going through the player's handbook just to kind of remind yourself and i would actually say that maybe that's the most handy book to actually play in a session useful
0: it's the one you need to own
3: yeah but as a kid it was like Oh, a chimera is so cool, Dad. You say chimera? Fuck! <laughs> like my <mom's>, my <laughs>
2: mind's blown. That's um, cool to
1: flip th- through and like see the yeah. different you know things in there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he- here's another tip. If you are in a situation where it's not your turn, it's someone else's turn, and you're not in the same area, to avoid metagaming at all, just put yourself in a corner and flip through one of those books. You'll find a bunch of tips, and then you're not going to know what's going on in story when you shouldn't know know. what's going on in game. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could just flip through that second edition Advanced D&D Monster Manual when I imagine a kobold to this day, or a gnoll, because I usually remember flipping open to that first page of the low-level monsters. That's what they look like in my brain. I know they've updated the art, but like it's just been so impactful on me that yeah, that monster manual you just look through that, especially when you're a kid, fills your heads with ideas uh, for what this so world could hard offer.
3: To be like a ganol, of course that's what it is, and then you watch Supernatural and everybody's like, no, it's a it's a, a gin, and you're like, what? Uh, the
0: gin? <laughs> a djinn? A <laughs> djinn.
3: I've been saying Djinn. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I I mean, I could read the words. I didn't know how they were pronounced. Exactly. Well, speaking of reading, I guess it's time to read between the lines. It's about time that we wrap this thing up. So we're going to go ahead and open up a temporal vortex and head on back to the earthly plane. Almost had it. Catch you on the other sure. side. <laughs> Enter a tavern. In the corner, a man with a metal hand. In the other corner, another guy sitting quietly with a beard. And then, finally, there's one more man with a mustache and blonde hair. Tell us who you are. Uh, I've been in this situation. (laughs) I know exactly how this is going. This is usually Uh, how adventures start. Uh, We should be ending ours.
3: I check my surroundings. I roll my d20. (laughs) I stand up. I bum rush.
0: It's I like, I just stay sitting in the corner brooding. Yep. <laughs> I do nothing. I, just, I mind my own business. <laughs> I finish my beer.
3: I have. Uh, let's just <laughs> hit another. that real quick. I have definitely used a turn where I have said, out of a vindictive spirit, I do nothing. <laughs> whether <laughs> no. that's letting somebody fall to their own means, whether that's just you know, blowing off what else is going on. Sure.
0: It's like, hey, it looks like your guy's going to get in fight with the head of the town guard. What do you do? I do nothing. I let him get (laughs) fucking arrested. I don't know this man. (laughs) I had nothing to do with this. So D&D, this is kind of going to be the last segment here. uh, The second time we've done this. We hope you've enjoyed it. Do we have any final thoughts, things we want to bring up, lasting memories that we haven't talked about yet uh, before we wrap this thing up? Uh, I made a
3: big dumb point last time we did this about how you guys have to totally get your hands on your own miniatures, order your own dice, Again, we live in the fucking modern world. People are playing this on, uh, Mike, what's the program? D&D 20. There's a.
0: There's Roll20.com. Roll20, thank you. There's, a. I think, Digital Tabletop. There's another uh, one uh, You're playing as well. on
3: digital maps. Uh, you know, people are building game tables that have iPads in them. People are using TVs. their phones to do everything, TVs, all that jazz. Uh, play it any way you can. Just play it. I-, I hate that we don't have one on the books, and I miss it. I, I love doing this podcast with you guys. Before we did it, these record sessions were our D and D sessions. Uh, I think that's a funny <laughs> thing to point out.
0: Yeah, yeah. We uh, kinda hijacked it. But now that we could do these proxy, uh, we used to travel, you know, and meet up together. Now we can get these done. Maybe we'll get some more D and D coming. I wanna roll off of that comment and say that uh if you're of the mind, it's very cool to get the dice. It's just something about like getting your first set of dice and like you know, it just feels good um having the has miniatures. to be pointed
3: out mike is a craftsman he has made his own he's made his own dice table his or i'm sorry dice tower uh and yeah. just beautiful work
0: yeah i've just kind of been retrofitting making diy stuff cuz like the game is homebrew i'm making homebrew game accessories and i'm going to start doing some more of that it's just fun to to be engaged in a hobby that's all um but you can do it with pen and paper. You know, I bought one of those dry erase mats that rolls up, and I'm just going to draw my rooms with a dry erase board and put little quarters, whatever we got, like any marker, and we'll just theater of the mind. It you don't need a lot. Right. But there's the other spectrum of just hardcore ass collectors who have whole castle walls and like. Oh, like, I have a
1: miniature for when I get battle damage. Let me go grab that.
0: Oh yeah, you oh, can buy okay. the prone miniature. What well, is standing cool to miniature. think
1: about, like to think about, you know, you create your custom character and then actually having a custom figurine that represents that character that that looks the way that you you imagine and that's really cool too which
0: is why this episode is brought to you by hero forge go to hero <laughs> forge right now and you can get your own custom D miniature um not really but the website is real and you can do yeah. that and you can Mike, pick when any they race you
3: start uh, uh paying for us <laughs> in advertising i'm going for the 200 dollars pewter one that they sell yeah where they <laughs> ship you that little metal fucker
0: I'm going to have the one that's prone, standing, sitting in a chair, frowning, laughing, just doing it every single lunch. Sure. I'm going to be swiping them out every two seconds. Exactly. But it's a cool website, actually, because you can. You can pick your race, your weapon, and you can change what the pose is. You can even twist, oh, yeah. like, how, how much and does their wrist you know, turn when they're holding their weapon? It's amazing. That's awesome. Jacob
3: pointed out last time we recorded this the advent of 3D printing. I mean, that's the true that's right. genius and, and breadth of this all. And, Mike, you're talking about actually ordering these things little tip. Uh, sorry, Hero Forge, but this is what I used to do when we did. not There goes our sponsorship. Yeah, they'll never <laughs> sponsor us now. I would just screen grab after I had made the 3D models of your guys' characters and then just load them on a blank Photoshop page and sort of play that's around right. with them and not I've have to purchase them. I've actually done that, them. too.
0: Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> yep. I think that's how I'll design NPCs and then just put a picture up. This is what he looks like. He's yeah, it was Black kind Smith. of funny
1: when I was uh, creating my Elf Ranger character with Mike yesterday. Um, after a while I realized I was just describing my, my Skyrim character that I used to play. Ah. (laughs) So I'm going to go back into my old Skyrim save, take a couple of screenshots of him and then give that to Mike.
0: Perfect. Joe, any last D and D thoughts before we get out of here?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I absolutely adore playing this game. It is a great opportunity to feel like a kid again and to exercise a lot of creative thinking uh we're all in creative fields it's important to to sharpen those skills every chance you get and the idea of just sitting around and playing a game where you're not pre- you're not playing against each other you're playing with each other uh, yeah. and creating original adventures with original characters i think it's great all around it's also like an improv experience right so you're you're always learning how to to work together to creatively think i think it's just a really fun experience and i'm i'm dying to get one on the books man let's let's do that soon yeah. absolutely yeah um, i was going to
1: say going off of what joe was saying like you know especially if you're like a creative uh, you know if you're in a creative field like we all are you know writers uh you know video producers all that stuff like it really helps you stimulate your creativity on you know in in your off time and, and that helps you in your work life too so um, it's definitely good to do
0: yeah, and I think like these last points kind of at least for me I'm, they're chaining together because the whole thing is it gives you a chance to interact with your friends or strangers who become friends but it's that creative problem solving I said when we first recorded this It's like Better than a video game Because you can do anything There's not an invisible wall stopping you It's like if you played Halo You could talk the grunts into turning on their commander And siding with you You, you could do that in D&D And you don't need to fight everything And that creative problem solving Keeping your mind sharp Just like the Tyrion Lannister in Game of Thrones The mind needs books Like a sword needs a whetstone oh, And D&D my, is sort of like absolutely. that Absolutely that's my thoughts.
3: I love it, guys. That's awesome. Colin? I love it, guys. Uh, you know, it just, we, Jacob, you just said, like, those creators that we love, if you are creative. Some of those people, guys, if you are nervous, uh, some of our listeners or readers of this podcast, uh, that you're like, well, I don't really fit in. You just listed off Judd Apatow, uh, Dan Harmon, even Gary Gygax, a lot of, let's face it, big old fat white guys Uh, it's not all that like there are tons of groups that are people of color women who are just absolutely play Dungeons and Dragons Uh, and you can find a thousand podcasts across the board that are your demographic if you're looking for it and you think that's the way you need in me personally you don't need a way in. you just need the people you love or your friends to sort of give you the shot and I think they will if you come to them honestly and say this makes me happy let's do it together
0: Absolutely! Wow, that's that's a really great sentiment. There's a place for everyone in D and place of many races, many backgrounds, many religions, many beliefs. Yet all who are adventurous are equal.
3: Even me, a tiny uh. little kobold.
0: <laughs> yes, that's even you, right, Kobe,
3: <laughs> Kobe, Oh, uh, I'm going to play as a kobold next session called kob- kobold Brian. <laughs> oh man,
0: I love it. Well listeners thank you very much for joining us again on the D. pretty ye give us a like on the itunes or tell a friend to listen to the normies like us we'd be mighty thankful
3: yeah we're at normies underscore like underscore us at insta uh hit us with that little message button always helps tell us what you like what you want to see in upcoming podcasts uh always helps us out his with a like and subscribe
0: yeah, absolutely and uh so this has been dungeon master Podmaster mike Colin, keep rolling. Rogue Joe, watch out. And this is Jacob. Follow me on Twitter. Where's my gold purse, my gold coins? Joe? I told you to watch out. I'm going to roll this dice one more time. Here we go. Uh, goodbye, podcast. 14, we're good. This will Woo! this will come out. All right. Catch All right, you right, next you time, Normies. Enjoy. <laughs> Later. the (laughs) stranger oh my god i'm gonna have an npc called the stranger
1: you're supposed to sit on your your arm until it falls asleep right and then
2: oh there's our bit for the end thanks jacob
0: (laughs) a stranger appears (laughs) oh no i know what that's about oh we've been in a prison so